everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Yellow Tech Road Podcast. I'm your host, Omar Zaran. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the podcast. And happy holidays to everyone. I am recording this and it is December 18th. Um, Could very well be the last or one of my last episodes for the year. So thank you everybody who's been along for the ride and listening and enjoying the podcast. I appreciate you very much and look forward to talking more tech with you guys in 2019 uh into 2020 i should say and something i want to try to incorporate more in 2020 is have uh some other guests on the show to talk about some tech stuff and that's in the works and hopefully you guys can see the fruit of that labor uh very soon coming in 2020 but For the matter of today, again, thank you for joining me. I'm going to be talking about messaging and how we message, how we communicate. And this has kind of started with, for me, just seeing the news of Google finally getting fed up with the carriers and waiting on the carriers and implementing what they call RCS. RCS stands for Rich Communication Services. And basically all it really is, is it's going to add a chat level element to text messaging. So if you've ever used an iPhone, an iMessage, or Facebook Messenger, or something like that, there's a couple of these features that you know. So messaging is handled via internet connection, not... Uh, phone number to phone number sending messages like it used to be with SMS and MMS. And the benefit of that is it allows you to deliver messages faster. It allows you to have things like typing and indicators and red receipts. And it also allows you to have faster media sharing with better quality. If you've ever tried to message somebody a video and it turns out incredibly choppy, then you know the struggle that it is with sending video via MMS. And sometimes even on uh, photos, uh, regular photos, sending those through, you have resolution uh, constraints, compression problems that MMS just kind of butchers. And then, of course, you know, when you do, when you're talking SMS, uh, you are beholden to your signal. Whereas, you know, if you have Wi-Fi with a, with a chat-like application, then you're good. So, how did Google get here? Because they announced RCS, I believe, about two years ago. And they said that they were working with carrier partners to push it through. Now, in Europe, this wasn't a problem. Because the carriers there, pretty non-intrusive. And they decided to, you know, turn that on. So, you know, customers in the UK and France and a couple other European countries have had RCS with, without a problem. Because the telecom companies there worked with Google. But here, telecoms are a little different. See, overseas, they're, they're treated like commodities. So they're treated like your um, your electric and water bill. Here, cell phone companies are not yet treated that way. So they're often going to do what's in their best interest to differentiate. So if Verizon could come out with their own messaging platform that has X feature that the one from T-Mobile doesn't have, which doesn't have the same thing that AT&T has, then they're going to do that for a competitive advantage. Now, that sounds all great if you're a shareholder in Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, or Sprint, but 
where that falls flat is for the end consumer looking to communicate with the people that they care about. So T-Mobile had something called advanced messaging, which was built into the stock text messaging app on T-Mobile branded phones. Verizon has Verizon messages, which uses a different protocol. AT&T uses their own little AT&T messages app as well. So to get those chat features, those users needed to be using that same app, which meant that your friends would have had to have been on the same carrier, which is just not practical, right? So Google's looking at this and trying to convince these carriers to embrace RCS, but they're not really liking the uniformity because Android customization is really the only differentiation tool on phones that carriers have left. See, they used to be able to do a lot more and there was like their apps or Windows phone and things that were put on feature phones, but now Apple doesn't allow you to have any extra stuff on their phones or else they won't let you sell their phone. And it's simple as that. So, and no carrier is going to be stupid enough to risk losing the ability to sell an iPhone. So, Android's the only option. And Android communities have gotten more and more irritated with bloatware. So, manufacturers have toned it down a little bit. And, oh, and the carriers have toned it down a little bit. But this messaging thing is kind of like the last frontier. So... So this is kind of why Google wanted to put it into place. Now the other reason is that they, the carriers weren't working for them. So what did Google decide to do? They just went ahead and said, you know what, we're just going to turn this on ourselves. Which is something I said they should have been doing from the jump. Even back when Google Allo was announced, I thought that they should have made it the default messaging app on all Android phones. And just gone from there. So they haven't gone quite that far. So Android Messages is the app you would use to do this uh, RCS messaging. And so that's going to come stock on Pixel phones. It's going to come stock now on LG phones. Uh, all Android One devices, so Nokia phones, are, are going to have it as well. Uh, OnePlus and Samsung and Huawei have their own apps, but you would have, so you would have to download the app from the Play Store. So it's easily accessible and does add a lot of features to the texting experience it makes it more fluid faster quicker everything is made better um, so Google decided to bypass the carriers and now the carriers are actually making their own RCS protocol so it's almost like a messaging war and one would hope that Google would come out on top on this but knowing that if the carriers make a unified app and put the app on every Android phone and add integration for iPhone who knows how uh, how that could turn out. Uh, the big benefit for Google Messages and RCS is that that also transfers to the web. So if you were to go and use Messages for Web, you still have access to RCS. Um, you know, that's on a tablet or a Mac or a Windows PC or a Chromebook. So the, the carriers don't really have that yet. But that's kind of where we're at. So why is this all being done? You know, why did everybody decide that SMS was just not enough and we needed to advance? And the answer, really, honestly, is simple. It's iMessage. iMessage is ubiquitous for iPhone users. It's an internet joke about Android users and green bubbles and how 
texting an Android user if you're using an iPhone is incredibly annoying. Not just because of the green bubbles, but because everything is slow and the you can't you know do the games, the iMessage ads, and Apple has built this whole ecosystem around iMessage. If you really look at it, you can utilize apps through the iOS keyboard with iMessage. Uh, obviously, the typing stuff. There's effects and games, and it's this whole ecosystem within an ecosystem of iOS. And you know, users like like that. They enjoy that service. So when you really look at it, iMessage kind of exposed the flaws of SMS by creating exclusivity with Apple. Because think about it. What really drives people to be locked into iOS right now? Because you have a lot of iPhone users don't really use iCloud. They don't subscribe to Apple Music. They don't subscribe to Apple Arcade. It's their only Apple device. Like they'll have a Windows computer and... And most of them won't even have a tablet. They'll use a Chromecast or a Fire Stick or a Roku instead of Apple TV. But why do they have the iPhone? They have it, you could say, Apple is a secure platform. Sure, it is. But the real reason is for two things. You all, if you ever ask an iPhone user, and whenever an Android phone happens to come out, that looks interesting. S11 is coming out soon, right? So when that comes out, you go to an iPhone user. It's like, all right, cool, cool, cool. Are you, what do you think about this? Oh, wow, this phone looks really cool. So are you going to switch? And they'll be like, no. And you ask them why. And generally, they'll say two things, FaceTime and iMessage. And those are the two things that really keep Apple users locked in. And it's genius because there's such a buy-in and there's such a fear of missing out if you don't have it. Because all your other friends are going to have iPhones. And when they see that you messed up their group chat by being the one green bubble or, you know, you can no longer FaceTime, you got to use something like Skype or Google Duo, then it's like a social exclusivity thing, which, you know, to many Android users is crazy to think about. But it's, it's a reality if you're in the iOS ecosystem and if you're really just using an iPhone. And so... But Apple, by doing this, has made regular texting on Android just feel inferior, just feel like it's not good enough, you know. And it was for many years, but they looked at it and said, hey, here's a better way. And if anybody's still stuck in the old ways, you know, you still have that old protocol to fall on. So with this, it brings in the natural competitors to something like this. Which are your chat applications? Um, in the U.S., obviously the big one is Facebook Messenger. Internationally, the big one is WhatsApp. But really, every single app now has some sort of chat interface. Instagram has it. Obviously, Twitter has it as well with direct messages. WeChat has built a whole ecosystem in China around the messaging service. Uh, India uses a couple of apps that I can't think of now, but also use WhatsApp. Viber is a big one. And... So, the thing about these services, like, there's so many of them now, but really, predominantly, WhatsApp is the big one, and it's a, it's kind of like this huge disparity, internationally, between what we do here in the U.S. with messaging, and what they're doing overseas. So, funny story, I was um, visiting my father in Jordan a few years ago, and I had my... Pixel 2XL, I believe, at the time. 
and you know pixel isn't sold there so when I whipped it out and they're using uh, they're, they're looking at me using using this phone they're all like oh what you know what's this phone and so on and so forth but um, I was talking about you know sending a text message and they looked at me it's like why are you sending a text message why don't you just send whatsapp and I was like well you know the people in the US I'm friends with don't have whatsapp and they just looked at me like what do you mean they don't have whatsapp because whatsapp has become such an integrated part of daily life and messaging so in and my dad who's an interior designer he, he actually was sending like floor plans via whatsapp groups with his contractors and things of that nature and everybody uses it on the flip side here nobody uses whatsapp and this is the reason the cost of standard text messaging overseas is high but data is unlimited so you have a limited amount of text to send, and you, but you have unlimited internet. So why wouldn't you just utilize something that only uses the internet and only really has to hook into your phone number for, uh, for registration purposes? Whereas here, all of our text messaging is unlimited, and there are still tiered data plans. So we cling on to that, and that's what we've been using. And so a lot of people kind of wonder why WhatsApp hasn't really taken off here in the U.S. Despite it being an excellent service and being encrypted and having such a large user base internationally, here we cling on to our default messaging apps because that's what we will use. You know, despite how good WhatsApp is and, you know, the added features that it has. So... Really, Google doing this RCS thing and iMessage as well are just kind of the middle ground between that. Not going full-on chat service like Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp. And still advancing beyond SMS. So it's, it's very interesting culturally how that is. And it really makes you wonder why the U.S. just clings to these old protocols in so many ways. You know, electric cars are gaining momentum, but so many people in the U.S. have rejected it. And, you know, new tech is coming out in Asia, and the U.S. is a, a little bit hesitant sometimes these days to embrace it. And I think you're seeing this with, with chat stuff. The only reason iMessage has really taken off is because it was forced on you, if you really think about it. Apple makes it built into their messaging app. You're not allowed to use another messaging app on iOS. Not one that ties into your your texting anyway. So you you have to use iMessage. So you have to be exposed to it. And I've always said that this is what Google needs to do to make sure that their platform works. The issue is one of reputation for Android. Android's thing is oh open and you use what you want and you have the freedom of choice. But with that freedom, you end up with fragmentation. People using a bunch of different messaging apps, not using the same protocol. So the answer really is the is Google's on the Android level incorporating RCS access to all third-party messaging apps like Textra and Pulse SMS and any other and you know even the stock OEM ones. So like Samsung or OnePlus messaging apps being able to utilize that because if you incorporate that, that gives you a foothold to, to compete with iOS on, 
to compete with iMessage on because you can say, hey, Android has this too. It's not just iPhone. And then you really think about this too is think about how many ways we can talk to one another. So on your average person's phone, there's going to be some social networks installed, right? So you have Facebook installed. That has a messaging app. Instagram, that has a messaging app. You have WhatsApp and Viber and, and all those apps we talked about earlier. Snapchat is, at its core, a messaging service. People have Skype. Google Photos recently allowed for a chat option. YouTube used to do it up until recently. So there's so many ways to be reached, to be talked to. And it makes me wonder, uh, juxtaposed with how there's been such an emphasis and a priority on limiting your screen time and digital well-being and on all these phones when all these chat services are kind of contributing to the problem if you really think about it and it's not something that's going to have a solution soon but it's kind of interesting how we have this overload and so many conversations going on at one place which is one thing that i admired about uh, BlackBerry when they did the BlackBerry Hub suite for uh, Android phones because they allowed this app to integrate into everything. It could get your text messages, emails, social media posts, everything all into one aggregate feed, one aggregate inbox to kind of micromanage the mess. You know, your LinkedIn messages, with your Facebook messages, with your Twitter mentions, all that in one place so you didn't have to jump app to app to app. And overall, yeah, it's a, it was a novel idea. And I think it still is a novel idea. They just need to refine the app. And that's something that I think needs to be a, um, a conversation piece moving forward. It's like there's conversation overload. We can't pick what messaging services we want to use because there's just so many. And so many to choose from, it, it becomes annoying, quite frankly. So the last thing here is there's this divide now between Android and iOS even more so. Because both of these companies are trying to flesh out ecosystems. And what makes what happens here is it becomes so much harder to get out of one. So let's say you, Google's RCS rollout is a success, and then you see more and more Android phones with it. Leaving this and going to iPhone, you're just leaving behind all your friends who you have group chats with and so on and so forth. And you get comfortable with an environment, then you start buying things. So an example for me is, you know, I use Google Home devices, I have a Chromebook, I use Android devices, Pixel phone for work, OnePlus 7T is my personal device. And, you know, it's the idea of moving to iPhone just feels odd because I would lose so much integration between my devices. And I really feel that these messaging protocols are really what's just ingraining people into it because messaging... It's probably one of the most important uses of a smartphone right now. You know, you use it to communicate with people. And in the U.S., that's the main way you do it. So, with that, you know, this is how Apple and 
Google and Samsung are going to keep you locked in to buying their devices and because that's what you, you need that to be able to communicate because this is what you've gotten used to. So, so Google's really trying to implement the loyalty that iOS users have to their platform. They're trying to get that to Android because obviously the more people use Android, the more ads Google can push out and the more Google services can be used like YouTube and Google Drive and Gmail and so on and so forth. So ultimately, it's kind of a messaging war, but it's also an ecosystem development as well. And so that's really interesting to me. I really think that overall, as we go on, people are just going to get further and further entrenched. And the possibility of a third option just doesn't even exist anymore because these two giants have entrenched their ecosystems and have fortified that entrenchment by developing RCS. So I would really think that if you're in on iMessage, you're probably going to stick to an iPhone. Like I remember when I had the iPhone 11 for a few weeks and all my iPhone friends were so happy, blue bubbles, iMessage, then I went back to Android and then they're like, oh, <laughs> you know, you're back on uh, on Android. So it's kind of a, uh, I don't want to say cult-like thing, but you know, it gets people in camps, basically. And I don't really see that changing. I, if anything, I see it getting more and more intensified, you know, Google making more and more things exclusive to Android, iOS, Apple doing the same thing for iOS as well, and hopefully we could find a middle ground, and the annoying thing here is there used to be a third option for things, but now with integrations, that's taken that away. I'll use something super simple as an example. I told you I use a Chromebook, so obviously get the Chrome browser built in. The fact that I could send links to and from my phone via Chrome on the browser is a great feature, but also ensures I keep on using Google Chrome instead of using Firefox or Dolphin or Opera or Brave or any of the other browsers that are available on the Play Store. And that's all about the lock-in. iOS does it too, you know, how Safari integrates with the Mac and the iPad with the iPhone. How AirPods can be connected to every single device that uses an Apple ID. You know, you don't have to pair it like that. as quick pairing options. So, overall, this messaging war, I think, is just a microcosm of the overall state of the ecosystem layout in, in phones right now. And, unfortunately... Unless Microsoft and Samsung do something, it's just going to be those two players moving forward uh, in this maturing industry. Thank you guys again for listening to another episode of the Yellow Tech Road Podcast. I really appreciate you uh, checking us out and hearing what we have to say. Any suggestions are more than welcome. You can reach out to me on Twitter at, at OZaran319. That's O Z A H 31. Sorry, O Z A H R A N 319. Uh, also, OZaran319 at gmail.com for any emails. Uh, a couple shows planned out something about Apple, uh, something about Wi Fi routers coming soon per request. So, definitely be on the lookout for that. Uh, Once again, I'm your host, Omar Zaran. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Yellow Tech Road, and I will catch you guys on the next one. Peace.